Welcome to the Best of MBS, where you can enjoy some of the best interviews by Michael Bungay-Stanier, author of The Coaching Habit and How to Begin. You're listening to The Coaching Habit Podcast with me, Michael Bungay-Stanier. And if you'd like a little extra, sign up for the exclusive insider-only content at boxofcrayons.com slash dispatch. I'm Michael Bungay-Stenia. This is the Coaching Habit Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You know what this is about. I get to talk to smart people about how they think about coaching, how they use coaching, their journey to become more coach-like. And my guest today is unusual for me because I've not spoken to somebody who's an expert in this realm before. Chris Ducker, based in the Philippines, shortly to be moving back to England, his home country. He is a serial entrepreneur and a two-time author, author of the best-selling Virtual Freedom, and that's a clue to what he's about. And more recently, actually uh, this week, his new book, Rise of the Youpreneur. Now, he is based, uh, well, based in Philippines, as I said, shortly to move to Cambridge. And he owns several businesses that have crossed the board about 400 full-time employees internationally. He's a trusted international business mentor, a speaker, writer, podcaster, blogger. He's in all of that space. And the founder, and this is where you can find him on the web, founder of Upreneur.com, the leading personal brand business education company in the world. He's the host of the Upreneur Summit, which is held in London, UK every November. And, and I'm just reading from his bio here, the self-proclaimed proudest Brit doing business online. Now, as an Australian, I'm going to mock him mercilessly for that, but we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> a little later on. But I'm really interested to be speaking to Chris about virtual businesses and what it takes to lead, run, influence, coach people through that, that virtual business lens. So, Chris, welcome. Thank you for having me, man. I very much appreciate it. It sounds like I need a holiday <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I need a holiday having had to read out that bio, but let's jump into this. So we've talked about where you've come from a little, but one of the things that I'm always interested in is what's the, what's the big game you're up to right now? You know, at Box of Crayons, we often talk about how do we help people do more great work, work that has more impact, work that has more meaning. So when you think about great work for you right now, Chris, what is it? Well, I think it's still, you know, I mean, for me personally, everything Youpreneur focused is my, it's my life's work. I mean, mm. I'm 100% sure that I have now dialed down after 15 years of entrepreneurship. I've dialed down into what I want to be doing for the next 15 years and hopefully even beyond that if, if people still pay attention to me. Right. But I, but I still, I still feel the work that I did with virtual freedom and outsourcing and team delegation and things like that, I still feel that that is something that is very, very close to my heart. Um, obviously, I still employ hundreds of people. I still help other people employ virtual employees and staff uh, as well. Right. But ultimately, you know, for me now moving forward, it's all about that Upana movement of, of helping people ultimately become future proof by building businesses around them what they stand for and the, you know what they want to be known for. That's what youpreneur means, which is that ability to have people take that bold step into what does it mean to be an entrepreneur kind of based on their own thought leadership piece? Is that what it's about? Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's one way to look at it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. ultimately, a youpreneur is somebody who builds a business based around them and the people that they want to serve. Right. So it's people like coaches right. and consultants and speakers and authors and content creators and anybody really, like I said, building that business around their expertise and their personality. Nice. So part of what I love is, is how you frame this, which is, you know, it's taken me a while after 15 years, but I've dialed down to this thing mm -hmm. that's like, here it is. This is the sweet spot between something that I'm, I have some passion around, some kind of engagement and heart and mind, something that there's a market for so I can make a living from it, and something that um, actually you have a point of difference to. So you're like different from the way other people think about it or put it out into the marketplace. But I'm curious to know how you got there because this thing probably didn't land fully locked and loaded in your lap. It was a journey. And we talk about this great quote. I wish I knew who said this to me because it's, I use it every podcast interview, which is inspiration <laughs> is when your past suddenly makes sense. So what was the past moments that made this kind of youpreneur sense kind of firm up for you? I think for me, it was... You know, there was, good gosh, I mean, we're talking many years ago now, 16 or so years ago, I was working in the infomercial mm -hmm. business. So my my background is actually in publishing and event organizing. Right. Um, I did that. That was kind of my my career, so to speak, in, in the UK. Um, and then I came out to the Philippines in 2000, did some consultancy work here for a couple of years before being hired as an exclusive consultant. Uh, on a two-month or rather a two-year contract with an infomercial company based out of Miami, Florida. And after a year, I'd had enough. I mean, it was so clear to me that I was done, quote-unquote, working for somebody else, and I had to right. go out and set up my own thing full-time. <laughs> and I remember, like it was yesterday, I was literally 37,000 feet in the air. I was on a plane coming back from Miami uh, to the Philippines via Hong Kong, and it hit me and I said, that's it, I'm done. Mm. Even if it means, you know, breaching contract and having to pay a penalty or whatever it was, I was not going to work for this guy anymore. I'd been in Miami for a month with the guy. He drove me nuts the entire time I was there. Lovely guy away from work, by the way. Right. It never ceases to amaze me how many people can be so chilled and so easygoing away from work. But once they step into work environments, they, they right. become this hideous fire-breathing dragon. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. So I... I I was done with the guy. I wrote an email to him in the air, landed in Hong Kong and hit send. Um, and that was kind of the day I became an entrepreneur. That was it. No looking back, so to speak. And so for me, that was kind of like the biggest yeah, sure. kind of realization. Uh, and then looking, you know, looking forward or, Actually, or fast me, forward. And Chris, let me, let me jump on. in and get, get nosy about this because my guess is that as you teach people about this approach to youpreneurness, mm -hmm. um, there is this moment where people have to leave their familiarity and the comfort of the place they're in at the moment and take a leap. Now, for me, I was fired. I mean, I was basically in a job, struggling, couldn't get traction, wasn't making any impact. And I, I had the good luck, it turned out, that my boss, basically the week I got my landed immigrant status to, so I could actually work in Canada independently, that she fired me, and that was the push that I needed to to stop box of crayons. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious to know as as you look at the people, the you know the hundreds and thousands of people that you worked with, 
do most are most people pushed? Do most people have to find the courage to take the leap? How does it work? I think a lot of people need the courage. Um, a lot of the time, they actually need the permission. Right. And that's a word that I use quite often in my coaching with my clients as well, because I often find that, I don't know about you, but a lot of my coaching clients, they figured out what they need to do. Right. They know how to solve the problem even before sitting down and working with me. But a lot of the time, for whatever reason, maybe it's fear of rejection, maybe it's fear of, mm -hmm. you know, earning less money for six months or whatever the case may be, whatever it is, they need the permission. Right. And so a lot of the time, that's what I'm doing. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm writing out the permissions. Slip. Right. You, you know should what do I mean? that. And, <laughs> right. Yes. You, that's a great idea. Why have you not done it already? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm telling you, you need to do it right now. There's the right. permission you quite clearly are needing to take the action you need to take. Nice. And so I, I think a lot of the time, though, when I look back um, and I think of my own personal Youpreneur moment where I decided it was actually about the personal brand rather than just business building. Yeah. I clearly remember when I when I had back surgery in 2012, I had to take a month or so off to recover. And I clearly remember doing a lot of and it sounds very cliched and everything, but a lot of soul searching, a lot of right. kind of deep down thinking about how I was running my businesses and how I wanted to continue to grow them going forward. And it became so darn apparent to me that people were doing business with me, with Chris a long time before they ever did business with one of my companies. Right. It was all relationship based. It was the fact that I had, you know, done the hard work and gone to the conferences and sat at the dinner tables and handled the, the coffee meetings. And all. it was it was all me. And so I realized there and then that that personal brand element of me, what it meant as an entrepreneur was huge. Yeah. And I think once I see other people have that realization and they kind of get that catalyst moment, that youpreneur moment as well, it's like the bloody floodgates open up right. and they can just go at it at 180 miles an hour. The issue is though a lot of people wait too long to almost allow those doors to swing open. They want to keep them shut because like I said, of fear of rejection or making less money or upsetting somebody or, you know, uncertainty or whatever the case may be. And so my my role as a coach and as the founder of Youpreneur is to help people swing those doors open and have that one right. defining moment where it says it's OK to be center stage. It's OK to build a business around you, but not reliant on you. This is how you can do it. And when that hap when that moment happens for people, it's a beautiful thing, obviously. I love that. I think that's, you know, for the folks who are listening in, part of what I'm taking out of that is this key lesson for me is around, look, you may or may not want to be an entrepreneur. That's that's not the lesson that's here for me. What the lesson is, is whatever that thing is that you're waiting to do, often what you're waiting to do is hear permission from someone. So two things, either give yourself permission and do it, or hire somebody to give you permission. <laughs> if you really need to hear that external voice to go, no, you, you should do that, then there's a way of you hiring somebody to give you that permission. But so often we kind of get bamboozled by a, here are all the reasons I'm not allowed to do this. So find a way to allow yourself to take that next step towards whatever it might be. Couldn't agree more. And I find that when people get older, when they're in the, they're the you know, <laughs> you say the, the word old, but like, 
a lot of my clients, for example, are mid thirties and above. Yeah. That's kind of my sweet spot. Mid mid thirties to mid fifties is what I'm right. all about. Yeah. And so when I see people getting older and getting further into their careers, they are they are more scared right. to take that leap right. because of things, you know, they've got family, they've got children, you know, they've got responsibilities and everything. But what they also have, a lot of them, almost all of them, is a good 15 years of experience right. under their belt. Right. And people are going to pay to access and download that experience more so today right. than ever before. So I don't care. I mean, I've got people who are clients that are in the financial industry, they're in the health industry, they're in the coaching industry. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do on who you're doing it for. There are people that are quite happy to pay to access your experience. And, uh, you know, yes, you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith, but I mean, I am steadfast in my approach of helping people become youpreneurs because I know that it leads to fantastic opportunities now. So, Chris, to, to swing the spotlight back to you, you know, one of the things that I've learned about myself on this journey is rather than having a thousand different lessons to learn, I've probably got about three lessons that I just continuously learn and relearn and relearn because, you know, I'm a little slow. But actually, my guess is that for most of us, we have We've all got our own patterns that we keep working through and working with to try and elevate ourselves to whatever the next step might be. So when you think about the journey you've taken and what's got you to where you are right now, is there a hard lesson that you've had to learn or you keep having to learn along the way? I don't necessarily know whether it was a lesson, but it was a realization that I made probably about five or six years ago. I started blogging and podcasting in 2010. And like I said, I had that little 2012 back surgery moment where yeah. a lot of soul searching went. And I realized actually through the content that I was creating and ultimately building an audience and a community, creating, you know, or, or rather attracting eyeballs onto me and my work, I realized actually that I wasn't being me all the time. I was actually right. smoke and mirroring it quite a bit, not in a wrong way. I wasn't trying to deceive anybody, but yeah. I wasn't being me all the time. And when that realization hit and I realized that, and you know, nowadays I kind of call it marketing like a magnet mm -hmm. to attract the best and repel the rest. So when you are yourself all the time and you are marketing like a magnet, you will attract the people to you that are more likely to work with you, more likely to fall in love with you, more likely to hold you in esteem and, 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 and to hold you in their heart as a favorite of some variety. Right. But at the exact same time, you're going to repel the people away that are going to suck your time, that are going to be you know, uh, a pain in the butt for one reason. Yeah. You know, the type of people Maybe. that are yeah. they're going to want a $99 discount on day 29 of the of 30 days discount period. Yeah. You know, we don't need those kind of customers. We don't need, you know, those kind of people that are always quite depressive or, or you know, yeah. quite um, negative with what you're saying and what you're doing. So for me, it was about really being me all the time. That's huge. And I think at the very core of what we do as entrepreneurs particularly entrepreneurs and a coach is an entrepreneur. If you're running your own business, you're an entrepreneur. Sure. Whether you've got one employee or 100, it doesn't matter. As entrepreneurs, what we do 
is solve problems. Right. That's it. Right. We shouldn't get any delusions of grandeur about that. That's all I do every day, and that's all you do and any other successful entrepreneur that I know. But once you accept that and you take it on board and you know that you can do it by being you all the time, people will love you for it. They will love you for it. And at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We want to become somebody's favorite. Well, I love that. And it's a perfect segue to the next question that we have because people talk about you know, be authentic, be yourself quite a lot. But there's, you know, there's quite a distance between proclaiming I want to be myself and actually doing the work to figure out what that means and what that looks like and how that shows up on a day-by-day moment. So when you're working with people and you've laid down the challenge, you know, be yourself because when you're being yourself, you get to market like a magnet and you know, for those people who are listening who are like, well, I'm not an entrepreneur, so I don't need to market like a magnet. Well, you know, if you're working for an organization, you're still wanting to work with the right people. You're still wanting to build a personal brand. You're still wanting to solve problems and make an impact. So these lessons apply to you as well. Chris, how do I figure out who I am? How do I, once I figured that out or at least got close to it, how do I stay the course and not kind of get blown off and start showing up in kind of in a fake authentic sort of way yeah so the good news is that this podcast is at least six hours long so we've got (laughs) plenty of time to cover it (laughs) yeah exactly in a nutshell it really comes down to two very key exercises yeah um, that I talk about in the book and that I've been talking about quite frankly for years this is this is the new book the rise of the youpreneur yep yeah perfect so The first exercise is what I call the self-awareness test. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll go through that in a minute because it's a real eye opener. And then the second one really is actually figuring out or almost designing your perfect customer. See, look, I'm a big believer that I should only do business with people that I can genuinely help. Like my time is precious. I don't want to waste other people's time either. So if we're not a good fit, I shouldn't be chasing the money just for the sake of making money. I know that I will find another client who will be all about me and what I can help them with. Right. So that's why, you know, that, that kind of perfect customer or perfect avatar, some people call it, figuring out who that perfect customer is, is huge. And yeah. you want to do that early on in the journey as possible. But getting back to the first exercise in terms of that, you put a self-awareness test. So what you can do is actually anybody can do it. You get a piece of paper, you draw a line down the middle. And on the left-hand side, you write down what I call the flatter yourself list. And this is a list of all the things that you know that you excel at. Like you're really, really good at these things. Funnily enough, Mike, generally speaking, people don't have a problem talking about how great they are. So that that list is actually filled up pretty quickly. But on the other side of the page is the keep it real list. Right. And this is a list of all the things that you know that you're not that great at. Mm. This is the one that people potentially struggle putting together, particularly entrepreneurs because of our type type A individual kind of mindsets of, well, I'm great at everything. No right. one's better than me. Yeah. So, you know, that can be sometimes a little tougher to put together. But the goal here is actually not really to figure out what you're not great at. The goal is actually to figure out what you really, really excel at and what you enjoy, and then do more of that. You do more of the stuff that you're great at, and you just almost eradicate 
the rest of the tasks or the rest of the things that you're not very good at at all mm. so that you can focus on helping the right kind of people. And for me, that's been the game changer, not only in the effect that I can cause with working with somebody, but also the effect of my life, my business and my own kind of mental bandwidth as well. At the end of every day now, at the end of every day, I can close the laptop screen and go spend time with my family. And I know I've had an amazing freaking day, right. like a really good day, because I know I've done great work with yeah. great people. Six, seven, seven, eight, you know, nine, ten years ago, I didn't feel like that. Right. And the reason is because I'm working with the right people now. So, Chris, I like where you're taking us here. You've got kind of two insights. One is know thyself, and the other is know the person you're best suited to serve. Mm. And you've taken us through the kind of know thyself exercise, draw the line down the middle, and on one side, stuff you're great at and stuff. On the other side, the reality check. To make that more real for me, can you give me an example, perhaps, of, of your own life around what you know, what are one or two or three things that fall into the I'm really good at this, and what are some of the things that might fall into the I'm not so good at it? Just so I know, is this about kind of technical skills? Is it about how you be and show up in the world? Is it, I mean, I'm just curious to know what that might look like sure. as examples. Well, it's, I think it's all of that and a bag of chips as well. Right. I mean, it's pretty much everything in regards to sort of you know, how how you're working, how you want to work, who you want to work with, and so on and so on. So if if I can yeah. read directly from the book, page yeah. 20 to be precise, I actually share my own, ah, perfect. my very own results of the Upinus self-awareness test or a few, a few examples on each of those as well. So yeah. on the left side of this uh, page, I talk about my flatter yourself list, which is I'm a strong leader. I'm a compelling communicator. Right. I'm a high achiever. I have high competitive drive and I'm an independent worker. Nice. Okay. Okay. So that's my flatter yourself list or the beginning of it anyway. Yeah. And then on the other side, I've got my let's be real list. Right. Right. So I'm a micromanager. Right. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm impatient. I'm tech incompetent. Right. And I'm easily unimpressed. Right. And you're British. And I'm British. <laughs> Sorry. That's, the, Austra that's the, the Australian dig. I told you that was going to come. <laughs> Perfect. So that gives you a little bit of an insight. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And to find that person you best serve. And as you say, like, this is, this is impossible to cover in a, in a quick podcast like this. You're like, I need six hours or eight hours. But give people a clue as how they can start figuring out who is their best person that they can serve up, can, can show up and serve? Well, you know, it's looking at things like, you know, what are they up to right now? What stage mm. would this perfect customer be in in their lives? What situations are they handling? How old are they? Right. Where do they live? Are they married? Are they single? What's their background? Do they have children? But the big question that you have to answer yourself is what are they struggling with right right now and that's where the problem solving incubus of the entire business world comes into play our role is to then not only figure out what they're struggling with but then figure out a solution to that problem for them right and if we can package that solution uh, in some way shape or form whether it be uh, you know, an online course that we'll create and sell 
via our blog or our podcast. Maybe it's live one-day workshops that we'll run with a collection of people that all are sort of within the same situations. Possibly it's writing a book or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Once we've figured out what that solution to the problem looks like, if we answer those questions, if we solve those problems properly, then we get the ability to put a price tag on it. So we're happy. We make a living. And uh, we know that whatever it is that we're creating is obviously being consumed and it's helping people along the way as well. So that's kind of like, you know, the very, the very core of, of everything Beautiful. when it comes to figuring out who that perfect customer is. Yeah, it's a really interesting mix of being entirely self-centered, so grounded in who you truly are, but entirely customer-centric at the same time, which is being entirely grounded as to what they're really up against and what their real struggle might be. Absolutely, yeah. Chris, has been a great conversation, and there are people who are going to want to find out more about who you are and, and how you do it. Um, where can they find you? Where can they find the new book? Well, they can find me over on my blog, which is uh, chrisducker.com. And uh, the book is available, obviously, on Amazon. Uh, but if they want a short link, they can just go to youpreneur.com forward slash book. That's Y-O-U-preneur. Perfect. Chris Ducker, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Hey, it's Michael here. Look, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can show your love by giving us a rating on iTunes. I know it's a small thing, but it means a lot to us. Thanks for joining us for the best of MBS. You can discover more great content in MBS's newsletter and in his books at mbs.works.